listening to The Fret Files, the Guitar Workshop Podcast with Eric Daw. To participate in the show, go to my website, ericdaw.com. That's E-R-I-C-D-A-W dot com. Click on the contact link and submit your question or comment there. I'll use it as part of the show. The other way to do it is to call or text 757-774-8482. Leave your voicemail there and I'll use that as part of the show. And now, the Fret Files Podcast. Show. It's the Fret Files Podcast, your fortnightly foray into guitar geekery. My name is Eric Daw. I'm your personal guitar scientist guy. 25 years of experience building and repairing guitars. Sitting beside me is this evening's lovely co-host, mm-hmm. Nat. Yep, I like to hear it. Greetings. I will read the listener's submitted questions, and Eric will try to answer them the best he can, drawing on his experience as a professional luthier. Mm-hmm. Yep. What do you think about that? Uh, great. You accept it? It's acceptable. Okay. What's new? Uh, what about the phase switch on your Harmony Strat-style guitar? Uh, that's pretty fun. Yeah, so Nat and I played a gig. <laughs> we did. Uh, over the weekend, and uh, it got a little bit rowdy. Yeah, and I hadn't stayed up that late in probably two and a half years, yeah. I'm guessing. Yep. I'm yep. not tough. Yep. It got rowdy. I was glad to have a small array of drums between me. Surrounding you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and these, you didn't. No, these were some <clears throat> these were some professionals that came out. There may have been a birthday. Something. Was there like a bachelorette party or something? There may have been. And I, there's something about this alcohol, man. People just go plum loco. People get nuts. Yeah, they do. I don't I don't I don't drink much of it myself. All right. <sighs> but uh, you had a cool. Uh, did you ever twist that phase knob? On I your... tried, and it's. Uh, oh, did you? It, yeah. So okay. So I have a Harmony uh, Strat copy that is a Japanese-made thing. It just looks like a Strat, you know. It's pretty neat, but but it's very cool. It's cheap. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the cool thing about these is they're they're actually pretty vibey, and you can pick them up for less than a hundred dollars. So mm-hmm. this one I bought, and you want to gut them and put good electronics in there so i did and i've got one of my crazy schematics in there yeah and it's the one where as you turn the third knob you get actual phase shifting real life phase so i tried you know a couple times ring out a big chord and then turn that third knob and uh you know you think that everybody's head is going to turn yeah yeah that guy just phase shifted his guitar with a knob. Yeah, yeah. Turns out nobody cares. Is that right? Everybody's drinking and like you're yeah. messing with your s- snare throw. Yeah, that died. And <clears throat> or whatever you were doing. Yeah. Well, plus you were loud and distorting a Vibralux. As I, I wasn't recall. that loud. Eh. Was I? Well, I point my amp at my head so that it's loudest to me. Yeah. I tilt it back so that because most guys have their amp 
pointing at their ankles. Their calves, yeah. And so they're they're always like, oh, I'm going to turn that up a little bit. I can't hear it. Well, it's three feet away from you, and it's pointed at your ankles. Yeah. You can't hear it. Yeah. You tilt your amp back, and it points at your noggin, and then that way you know, hey, I'm loud. Yeah, I'm out of tune. Yeah. I'm, I'm this. That's the yeah. other thing we had is tuning problems. Did we? Well, you didn't. You were playing the drums. But I did a little bit, <laughs> didn't I? No. I <laughs> did. <laughs> I did occasionally. Anyhow, <sighs> anyhow, we played. Well, that was cool that you got to play your super schematic guitar. I just thought it was neat, and the people would appreciate that because, and it did sound. It was a neat Strat sounding guitar. Yeah, it yeah. was cool. Yeah, I thought it it sounded really well, really mm-hmm. good. I haven't, uh, I haven't played that out for a long time. Yeah, I don't think I've seen you play yeah, it. It's, not for it a long was cool. Time. Yeah, but we had fun, and we uh, kind of pulled ourselves together. Yeah, I'm trying to play a few gigs here and there. It's yeah. fun. Oh, dang fun. Got a uh, Guitar History Corner for you. The Guitar History Corner. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Dan Armstrong, you know who he is? Yeah, he made some clear guitars. Um, He's one of those guys that you hear his name, and you never really think about who, who, the really, man who was he. The, the legend, yeah. Dan Armstrong was born in 1934. And died in 2004, and he was an American guitarist, a famous luthier, and a session musician. Oh. I tried to find recordings that he's on, and I couldn't find any. Huh. But if anybody knows what, <clears throat> I mean, if he's a famous session musician, that we well, should be able to hear he, some of his stuff, Was right? he located in L.A., or was it well, East Coasty? He I'll, sounds East Coasty. I'll tell you about it. He was oh, born in do. Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Born in Pittsburgh, started playing at age 11, and uh, then moved to New York to work as a studio musician and a guitar repairman in the 60s. Mm-hmm. In 65, he opened his famous guitar repair shop, Dan Armstrong's Guitar Service, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on West 48th Street. And that, coincidentally, that is uh, the same location of uh, 30 Rock. Is that right? Yeah, so when they when they tore that down... Ah. They, took, they raised it to make room for 30 Rock Plaza. For a big old thing with a Christmas tree. <clears throat> 30 Rockefeller Plaza. And uh, then Armstrong relocated uh, to uh, Greenwich Village. Oh. Yeah. In 68, the Ampeg Company hired Armstrong as a consultant. Man. To improve their grammar line of guitars. You're familiar with grammar guitars? No, they probably needed some improvement. That was a Nashville outfit that Ampeg bought. Really? And then the quality dropped off. And so they they hired Armstrong. And he designed a new line of guitars and basses for Ampeg that were um, clear. Constructed out of clear plexiglass. Lucite, man. So that's the story behind those guitars. Armstrong created those for Ampeg. And they had interchangeable pickups designed by Bill Lawrence. So you could, you know, just unplug the pickup and put a different one back in. There was Like modular. Little, yeah, yeah, right, right. Wow. Um, the guitars are said to have long sustain because of the solid plexiglass body. Oh, man, people love that long sustain. I don't know if it made that much difference or if it was more about the pickups or what. But they, they were pretty heavy. It'd be about a 10-pound guitar. Yeah, not tough S- enough. Yeah, solid plexiglass. It's like playing a bowling ball. 
Man. <clears throat> uh, they were also reissued in the 90s, but yeah, the originals uh, of the 60s were um, designed by Dan Armstrong. And then he moved to London. Wow. Yeah, so in the 70s, uh, he moved to London and uh, uh, he, he had uh, instruments and amps and effects pedals. Yeah, I that he made. vaguely remember effects pedals, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a line of tube guitar amps and bass amps, effect boxes, and hmm. uh, they had names like the Blue Clipper, the Yellow Humper. Oh, boy. The Red Ranger, the Purple Peaker, the Green Ringer, and the Orange Squeezer. Pretty cool. Yeah, and I bet people pay money for those. And I bet if you could find an neat. original one, they're very expensive. I bet. Uh, in 77, he moved back to the USA, and uh, he... Uh, struck an agreement with Musitronics to re-release the effects boxes. Hmm. So I guess there's reissues from the from the late seventies. Um, he worked on a line of pickups for Schecter guitars. Huh. Uh, he worked on an amp for Fender. Uh, he went back and forth, you know, between England and uh, America several times. And then uh, he passed away in 2004. He's kind of a character. Yeah. Cool guy. He famously designed a bunch of crazy uh, layouts and schematics for wiring guitars differently. Oh. So he's got a a special Strat schematic that is pretty outrageous. And I was going to include it in my uh, upcoming schematic book. With like 75-way switch or... Yeah, it's just an interesting way to... You well, they'll have to get the book. Yeah, no simple way. <laughs> Obviously, have to get the book. <clears throat> no simple way to describe this because this guy's thinking on a higher plane. I mean, he's in Greenwich Village in '68. He moved to London. Oh yeah, to be hip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Dan Armstrong has a son, Kent Armstrong. Oh snap! We've heard that name too. And and makes and, pick and you realize, he? okay, well, sure, of course, Kent Armstrong is Dan Armstrong's son, but I never uh. realized it until I looked up the guy, and I'm like, ah, duh, yeah, Kent Armstrong makes pickups, yeah. and he uh, continues to make uh, Armstrong effects boxes under uh, license from the yeah Wh- whoever from, from whoever, whoever owns it. Oh, very cool. How about that? That's been Guitar History. Yeah, so that's the Guitar History Corner. Well, that was pretty just, historic. Uh, yeah, well, just one of those guys that you always hear about, and you never really think, like, what what all did he do? Oh, okay, sure. And so we looked it up. Even did an amp for Fender, and he's multi-talented. That's what it said. It's, it says that he worked on one. I don't know what it was, but... Uh, and I also, I would love to hear... Um, I'd love to hear him play. If he was a famous session musician, there's got to be mm-hmm. records that he's on. Yeah, if but he could play in New York. Maybe there was nothing that he played on that went anywhere. That could be. Maybe so. You know, you could play on 100 songs, but if none of them were a hit, then they're right. not You're not, They're not going to be on YouTube. <clears throat> well, then, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't be credited for some of those, and so we'd never even know if they were just union sessions there. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know how it works. Well, I was listening to the uh, Truth About Vintage Amps podcast, which oh, is, a, man. is a great podcast. I did that the other day. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Did you? 
Remember when the dude changed his voice and lost all his mystique? <laughs> well, you can edit that we, out later. We don't want to be, <laughs> we don't want to, you know, we don't want to be rude or anything. Oh, but what kind of things they've been saying on that show? Uh, well, they mentioned this podcast. Is that right? Yeah. And I, it's one of my favorite podcasts. If you don't listen to the truth about vintage amps, I, I don't know why you wouldn't. Be, oh, man, it's good. It's great. Skip is fantastic. What a character. Jason is such a good guy and, and uh, a great host. So. Yeah, he's he's the great straight man yeah. for yeah, this yeah. this character with this world-wise guy yep. with these obscure topics. Fun guy. Uh, Jason's the, the uh, publisher of the Fretboard Journal. Mm-hmm. And Skip is a tube amp guitar repairman. You guys know. Anyway, they mentioned this show and I just thought it was interesting I'll play here's it. someone else I hate okay Eric Daw so that, so, so that was a nice shout out from <clears throat> from uh, from oh, the truth about vintage amps that tickles me immensely you need to play that about eight times in a row can you get that for a ringtone okay there's more let's play the whole thing here's someone else I hate okay Eric Daw that dude, not only <laughs> does he do the podcast, yeah. but that guy, he said, he, someone with a Gibson app needed a handle. And there are these really cool clear plastic handles that have basically the covering of the amp inside them so that the handle matches the cabinet. Yeah. He molded his own handles for Gibson amps, the plastic part. Yeah, he's him. a jerk. And so, peeps, he sent me a Gibson handle in the mail. Yeah. Awesome, and he's and he's selling them. So there's a little metal bracket part, and then there's the clear plastic part that he molded. And you can go on your Falcon, take off the back panel, and cut a little strip of the Polex that's hidden back there, and put it in the handle. And now your handle will match the amp. That's unnecessary because it's held together with little screws. It was designed that way. Wow. So shout out to that guy. Hopefully you have an email address or something for him because anybody who needs one of those should buy one so that we can support a guy crazy enough to mold his own plastic handles. We love that. He makes beautiful guitars. He's got the podcast yeah. we ripped off hey, for yeah. this one, the Fred Files, and he even designed the uh, TAVA schematic shirt oh, that is glad uh, he made note currently of that. available. Right. With- that is that, a great yeah. shirt. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Oh, he found found it in his heart to thank you towards the end, though. Yeah, well, I, <clears throat> yeah, I sent him a free handle, so now he hates me. <clears throat> Yeah, and there you go. notice how the straight man's just like, uh-huh. At <laughs> no point does he say, just, well, well, that's a little much, isn't it? Yeah, just let <laughs> him just, go. Just, just let him go. Let that pony ride. No, I love that podcast, and I and I think Skip and Jason are great. I just, I had to laugh that he framed it that way. Like, oh, by the way, Eric Daw, I hate him. Yeah, which is kind of like that uh, special sarcasm of, yeah, I get it. Yeah. That handle really is a thing of beauty. Well, thanks. That's why he's so kind of overwhelmed. Well, my my buddy Brian needed one because he bought one of those Gibson amps. You guys have heard the story. The handle show the amp showed up with a broken handle, so I just figured out how to mold one in resin. No big deal. But I thought, well, now I've got a mold. I might as well make twenty of these. Yeah. Why make one? It came out great. They're on Reverb. If you're interested, if you've if you've got an old Gibson amp with that clear plastic handle that's broken, you can. Uh, you can give me a shout, or you can buy one on Reverb. There you go. And uh, what are we doing? Let's do a call. Oh yeah, we do, do have it. we do have a call. I just I had to put the sh- I had to pause the show and run upstairs and and 
tend to the take chi- some muffins the children. out of the oven. Tend to the children who oh. were who were yelling from were, their from their bed. Yeah, they were in slightly muted revolt. It threw my uh, it threw me off. Hold on. Hey Eric, this is Ryan in uh, the central coast of California, calling about a 1969 Belcaster Bridge pickup question. Um, I'm trying to rewind this pickup using the original wire that was <laughs> that it was wound on there. Let me know how you how you think that'll end up. Um, it's kind of tedious, but see how it goes. Um, but the uh, the flat work on the bobbins is is really really warped and kind of dished in. Just wondering what your um, method is for flattening those out and maybe cleaning up the rust from the pole pieces and i was also wondering if you dip the um if you like pot the pickup itself before you wrap it in um in the copper windings so that the uh the copper windings aren't actually touching the pole pieces and um also i wondered if you had any uh tips on maybe a first winding machine i know most people build their first ones but i don't know if you've seen or heard about any of the ones you can buy right now all right, thanks. Look forward to hearing about it. Bye. So he's he's taking the original wire off of the pickup and rewinding it with the wire that was on the pickup? Is that what he says? Yeah, I'm getting think, really nervous for him at I, this point. I think that's a fool's errand. I've tried that before just be, because the first few pickups I wound, I thought that there's going to be some kind of magic voodoo in this wire. Like mm-hmm. this is the wire that Lupe used yeah. you know, at the Fender factory in 1962, and so I have to use this wire. Well, it doesn't work that way. Electrons don't really care, and they're going to move through the copper wire, whether it was made in 1962 or whether it was made oh, in man. 2021. You just took all the beauty out of pickups. So you might be right, though. Use good quality wire, and you can use the exact same... You can still buy it. You can still buy the exact same wire that they would have used on right. that pickup. So. It, Use that. Just you. Just absolutely. Just, there's no reason to try. And plus, there's some reason why that pickup died, right? Well, did he say it? Well, he's rewinding a pickup. It, it better so, have died. So you know, a lot of times, what happens yeah. when those pole pieces rust? The rust eats through the uh, coating, the insulation on that wire internally in the coil. So that wire is kind of no good now. Plus. Yeah. There's just no reason for it. You're, it's just a fool's errand. You're actually going to... If it works. Yeah. Even if you could get it to work, it's going to be... Even the, if you can get that wire off, which sounds yeah, like... Cleanly and... Happen. Dude, I'm telling you, you're 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 going you're gonna to do a week's worth of work uh, when it should take an hour. And then it's all going to come to nothing at the last second. But anyway, we salute your spirit. <clears throat> yeah, so... Um, Use use the right wire. It's I don't know if did he say it's a Tele pickup. It's sixty nine Tele bridge. Yeah, so it's it should be enamel coated forty two AWG. That's American wire gauge uh, enamel coated wire, which is a, exactly the same stuff. It's exactly the same kind of a brownish purple. Yeah, it's a lovely wire. color. Yeah, so use that. He says the flat work is warped. So what I do in that case, if I can't straighten it out, I'll disassemble the pickup. I'll take all the pole pieces out of the flatwork, and I'll uh, heat up the flatwork a little bit and uh, and clamp it flat. Wow! This is if you can't just bend it with your fingers or yeah, with a simple warped, tool or you something. Know? But it should, you know, it should you should be able to just manipulate it back to straight, and then 
if the pole pieces are all rusty, you're going to have to disassemble it anyway because you've got to clean all the rust off of those pole pieces. Mm-hmm. So you'll do that with like a wire brush or something like that. Don't use steel wool because those are magnets. And you'll get little fragments on You'll get there. little particles. of. Yep. You'll never get all the little particles off. Uh, if they're very bad, sometimes I've soaked pole pieces in a rust-dissolving solution, uh, like evapo-rust. Huh. But you can clean all the old rust off of there and then reassemble the bobbin. And he asked, do I pot the bobbin before winding it so that, yeah. so there's a layer of wax or something? No. You want to coat the magnets and the flatwork in lacquer. That's what they did at the factory. Um, so that the, so that the wire isn't just laying directly on bare metal, metal magnets. Metal, yeah. Um, well, it wouldn't be metal on well, metal just because super thin there's enamel. insulation on the, yeah. on the wire. But yeah, you want to clean off the rust, reassemble the bobbin, um, lacquer the, uh, pickup assembly before you wind it, then wind it up. And he also asked about wind, pickup winding machines. Yeah, he wants to know if you've heard about new ones that are available. I guess you can buy some off the rack now or They're converting expensive. old machines. They're expensive. I've seen a lot of guys like on YouTube and whatnot just using a hand drill. Just make a just little get a make foot, a jig that and it's just kind of on or off like Yeah, I mean, if you're only going to do one pickup, but if you're if this is something that you're getting into winding pickups, then either buy a pickup winding machine, and I really I haven't used any of the commercially available ones, so I couldn't tell you. I made my own winder. Um, so either make one, which could it be more simple? It's just a motor that turns, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you can get fancy, and you can make a counter, and you can hook it up to a sewing machine pedal like I've done, so you've got foot speed control. But start simple. If you want to buy one, if you're feeling uh, fancy and you have 700 bucks, I guess you could buy one. But there you go. Yeah, he could go on to make tens of dollars winding pickups, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty neat. Okay, did we All answer right. that sufficiently? That I, was good. I, I like, hope so. Well, pick up the letters. We get letters. We get stacks and stacks of letters. Hi, Eric. I just listened to the latest episode of The Fret Files. Love the podcast and your work. Very inspiring. I just have a small question about that wiring book of yours. Oh, the wiring book, the schematic book. Mm-hmm. Where and when can I buy it? That's it. Best regards, Andreas <laughs> Anderson. These, That's double-A guitars, AA guitars in Sweden. There's nothing like a softball question asking me to describe something I sell and explain to them yeah, <laughs> how, like how they cute, can get it. Cute alias, too. I love it. Yeah, it's, I've, pseudonym, I've I guess. just finished writing it. It's done. I'm, I'm okay. I'll probably edit it maybe once or twice, but it's finished. It's, it's written. Um, what's happening now is that a, a, a friend of mine is going to format it and lay it out in, you know, Adobe, whatever. Super duper deal. Uh, computer program layout. layout matics Yeah. What would it be called? Illustrator? Il- yeah, thank you, Illustrator. Yeah. And uh, he's going to redraw the schematics to make them look cooler, probably. I think that's what he's working on. Oh, really? On. Yeah. 
because I yeah. I was gonna say I saw them and I thought they're really clear and nice. They they are. They're they're easy to read. See, I, I'm working mostly from hand drawn scribble sketches that I've amalgamated from twenty five years of wiring guitars. Right. Yeah. And, and so I wanted them to all be uniform and in the same style with the same colors on the same program. So I went and rewrote them all in uh paint in paint i'll be your software in, consultant in the in in the crappiest uh but they look so much better than what you'd think with paint it was smooth and yeah i thought they're great yeah they look Very good clear. so i was going to release it like this okay here's my it's just like a just typewritten Homemade description book. and yeah and here's the uh schematics or the layouts in paint but my friend here stopped me and said look you know, this book is cool enough that I think we should put more effort into it than that. Let me help you make it look good. Oh, that's nice. So that's good. what we're working on now. So it's not available yet, but it is written, and uh, it's like 40 or 50 pages, and it's, I don't know, there's 20 or 30 schematics in there. It'll be cool. Okay. But it's not available yet. So I will definitely announce, I mean, you'll know, if you listen to the show, you'll know when it's ready and where to get it. So you, you're not prepared to say where to get it, is that right? Well, it'll be available, I'll probably uh, I'll probably sell it on my website, Yeah. I'll probably sell it on Reverb, and uh, this fellow that's helping me, this is what he does for a living, so it'll have an ISBN number so I can put it on Amazon or oh. whatever else. Boy, you know. Well, maybe, I'm glad I asked that question. Maybe ship it out to uh, guitar stores. I don't know. To Sweden? Probably not Sweden, but sorry, you know, bro. You'll be able to order one from me. That's the bottom line. There you go. Well, good. There you go. I like it. How about this one? Hi, Eric. Browsing Reverb.com, I've noticed that there are a lot of sellers who seem to be disassembling vintage guitars and then selling the parts one by one. How do you feel about this practice? Mm. Love the show. Thanks. Jerry in Oklahoma. Mm. Okay. That is a little ghoulish, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's like a chop shop, like a car chop shop where they, they'll... Man. That's what... But it's not uh, Hondas, man. That's what car thieves do, though. They, they steal these cars and then they'll chop them up and... Now, are they really taking perfectly good, nice guitars and just increasing their profits by... Split well, these things up. I I don't know exactly because I have not visited them right. in their home to yeah, ask these kind of questions. Yeah, you don't hang with guys like that. Huh? But uh, my assumption is that there's there are guitars that maybe have some problems or really not very collectible guitars because if they're doing this to a '62 Strat, that doesn't make any sense. But if you're doing it to a uh, you know, like a a music master or a duo sonic or something. Okay, I get it. Right, especially if it's like because the neck plate from a budget model is the same oh. with you know with a serial number okay. is the same neck plate that you'd have on a fifty nine Strat or whatever. So, yeah, guys do it. I've seen it. It it it's hard. It it's a it's kind of shady. Yeah, we'd like to think that, so, and in the question he says, who seem to be, we, 
if they were taking perfectly good, awesome guitars and parting them out, that's well, gross. Well, I've but, seen it too because yeah. you see these sellers and they do it on eBay or Reverb and you go, uh, this is interesting. They happen to have the pickups and the rings and the tuners for, all all, for the, the guitar parts, I need yeah. listed in separate listings. So you go and you look at all of their listings you go, oh, well, that's an entire guitar yeah. in 30 listings. Gross. So it's very obvious what they're doing. Now, the other side of that coin is sometimes these are parts I need. So mm-hmm. it does fill a niche mm-hmm. and it does, you know, it, it does provide a service that sometimes, you know, if I've got an otherwise pristine 60s fender and I need one knob. Yep. To make it right, well. Yeah, especially if he's not taking a single knob off an intact, beautiful guitar. Yeah, yeah. which you wouldn't do. Yeah. But I don't Seems know. Seems unlikely. So, so, yeah, it's it's not my favorite thing, and it, it does break my heart a little when I see it. But on the other hand, sometimes I'm buying parts, and boy, I tell you what, I get pretty grateful when I find the right part that I need when, yeah. it's, when it's from one of these chop shop guys. I'm like, yeah. okay, okay. It goes on to bless other lives. Take, take apart your, your music master and just yeah. sell me those uh, tuners. All right. Hey, Eric, just a quick thanks for your advice on my squealing Jaguar pickups and for the reminder of the existence of Dread Zeppelin. Oh, yeah. Brought a smile to my face on a Sunday evening. Off to find a way to get the pickups wax potted. Cheers. That's Will in London. Thanks. Is that the guy that was thanks, shredding Will. on a Kawhi or... No. Dog. Is that a different, different No, guy. that was an Irish fella. I, yeah, different guy. Boy, I wish I hadn't started to uh, think out loud. I regret that. Was that a question? Uh, it's a quick thanks, and it's we got to a, name check Jaguar. More of a comment. Yeah, maybe. Dread Zeppelin. Thank you for the comment. And he brought, oh, he's his, on his brought way a to, smile to his place. A smile to his face. He's on his way to, to get the, the yeah. uh, pickups wax potted. Yeah. If you can't find... Someone to do it for you. I tell you what, it's not that hard to do yourself. You, you just got a have pot. to. You got some wax. I mean, it's not much harder than making Christmas candy. You have to know what temperature oh, you're hard. operating at. So you can do it. You can do it, Will. Attaboy. Uh, we're going to take a little break. We'll be right back. This episode of the Fret Files podcast is brought to you by Apex Coffee Roasters. Imagine always having fresh roasted coffee in your home. Now, imagine you didn't even have to leave the house for it. A subscription with Apex Coffee Roasters makes all of this possible. You choose the plan that best suits your needs, and they handle the rest. Their roaster will select a coffee option just for you and send it your way. Discounts are applied if you get a six-month or a year-long subscription. And shipping included if you're in the USA. Great coffee every morning. Just cut a little bit easier. That's apexcoffeeroasters.com. And if you go there and use my promo code, you get an additional 10% off. That's pinup, P-I-N-U-P. That's at apexcoffeeroasters.com. We've talked a lot about neck straightening irons on the show, and people write to me and they say, Eric, where can I get one? Well, until now, I didn't have anywhere to send people because nobody makes them anymore, except for my buddy Rick at playersgearmusic.com. You can go to Players Gear Music, you can order a neck straightening iron, some people call it a neck press or a neck heater. It is an in 
valuable tool in my shop. I use it all the time. I'd be lost without one of these. I, I love having a neck straightening iron, and Rick is making a really, really stout industrial. It, I, I think it... I think it's the best one that I've used, and I've I've used a lot. I've used uh, the commercially available ones that they used to sell in the 70s and 80s, but they don't sell them anymore. Well, now you can get one from playersgearmusic.com. They're $7.49. I know that seems like a lot. It's it's a tool. I tell you what, it's going to pay for itself a hundred times over. If you go to playersgearmusic.com, Scroll down on the main page. Scroll, scroll, scroll down to where it says Fan of the Fret Files Podcast. You click that. That adds one to your cart. And it's 50 bucks off. So instead of $7.49, it's $6.99. $6.99, free shipping, and it's yours. A neck straightening iron. Playersgearmusic.com has them. And you need one. I'm telling you. So go to playersgearmusic.com and check it out. And don't forget to tell Rick that the Fret Files podcast sent you. As you know from listening to the show, I repair and restore guitars. If you go over to ericdaw.com and see information about guitar repair and guitar restoration, you can contact me there. If you've got some guitar restoration or pickup rewinding, anything that you need done, If you want to see the custom guitars that I build, you can go over to pinupcustomguitars.com. There's a whole lot of guitars on there that have been sold, but I also post new arrivals there all the time. They go quick, so check often. The best way to get into the loop is to submit your email address on the the homepage of that website, and that'll add you to my email list, and you'll get a heads up when there's new guitars available. That's pinupcustomguitars.com and ericdaw.com. Hey, Eric. I love the podcast. I was listening to... Yeah, that's nice. I was listening to the last episode where you had a question about putting a Bigsby on a Telecaster. Oh, I think I was there. And I knew how it was going to go. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing a Jack White video for Freedom at 21. Is that a movie or something? It's in quotes, so I think it's the the title of a magazine. Where he's playing a telly with a Bigsby, so you're off. <laughs> so you're obviously wrong! Exclamation point! I like this guy; he's fun. Love the show and love Nat as a sidekick. Oh man! I'm, thanks go. for inserting that. Appreciate that. He cracks me up. Thanks, Matt. Hey, I'll tell you who cracks me up, Matt. This is why they have the trigger warning deals from the. Hope, hope you're going to be okay, Jack White. It's great. No, great. A Jack White comment. Great. That's just what this podcast needed. <laughs> Thank Freedom, you. Freedom Thanks, Matt. 21. Ah, that was fun. Hello, Eric. I have a question about intonation on an acoustic guitar. After compensating the saddle on my guitar, I'm still struggling with a B string that plays sharp. I am thinking about filing the nut back in front of the B string above the fretboard in hopes that this will correct, help correct the B string playing sharp. Hmm. Have you ever tried this? Am I mistaken to think this will help? Thanks for your expert advice, Rob in Florida. I w- he wants to file the nut back. Yeah. To correct the intonation. Look, I've seen guitars where the nut isn't quite in the right place, mm-hmm. and that is something to correct if that's your problem. But if that's not your problem, 
then that's not something you should correct, right? Yeah. We want to fix the actual problem. On one string. Yeah, what yeah. you want to do is um, get your tuner, play the string open, and then play the first fret. Because if that is, if, if, it's, if it's in tune open, and if it's in tune fretted on the first fret, then messing with the nut is just going to make things worse. Um, okay. What you want to do is, is compensate things at the saddle. But I guess what he's saying is he's out of room at the saddle. I I guess yeah it must be if he's just after compensating the saddle he's just kind of done at the the extent of what he can do there I guess. I mean I've had guitars where I've had to remove a little bit of the end of the fingerboard and move the nut towards the first fret just a hair. Whoa! Yeah, the I, whole thing or did yes. you cant it one way? Okay. No. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, not cross-eyed. Wow. But uh y- you want <laughs> you want to correct the problem that you have. And I don't know if you have a nut that's in the wrong place or not, but that's not the way I would approach it. If you've if you've got an intonation problem, then I would ad- I would address that at the saddle, assuming okay. that things are playing in tune down by the nut. Right. I, and the I other strings are let try to fix this at at the saddle there again, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a tricky one. Well, good luck, Rob. Hey, Eric. When refretting a late 60s fender with maple board, how do you navigate around that heavy shelf of finish on either side of the fret, specifically when installing new frets? There's a major lip of finish on both sides of the fret slots there. Do you just have to use a fret wire that is thin enough to seat perfect back in between the finish? What if you wanted to put slightly wider frets in? Any tips on filling the finished chips? Thanks for any help. That's Ryan McEwen. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. So even late 60s, they had thick finishes there? That's when it started, kind oh. of, yeah. And uh, you'd have really pretty thick paint. And they'd fret it first and then paint it. So you've got finish, oh. pretty thick finish coming just up over the sides of the frets there. Yeah. And so when you go to remove those frets, you what I do is I take an X-Acto or a razor or some kind of blade and score and cut, oh, or that cut through that finish lump is, to get huh? the old fret out. And then you've got a finished section and then where the fret wire lay there's no finish and then a finished section and then where the fret wire (laughs) lay Mm -hmm. no finish all the way up the neck uh if you're using the exact same size of fret wire then rock and roll it's not right too difficult one has to, to know yeah to deal with right uh if you've got finish chips uh cyanoacrylate glue is really the hot ticket there super glue you hold them down, or they I they use covered over. Uh, yeah, you can use it as a filler if you've got okay. if you've got um, missing finish. I use a glue called uh, Glue Boost. It's the best. Oh, it it really is. That's what I would use. Glue Boost. Glue Boost. Shout out to them. They don't sponsor us, but they probably should. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
you can also use, so say you're going to put a really wide fret here and you want to um, make the make everything level, you could take glue boost and fill in where the finish is missing and then sand and polish everything out for a uniform ah. thing and then put the frets then on put, top of that. Before putting the frets in, yeah. But that's that's getting pretty crazy. That's getting pretty out there. Yeah. But well, that could be done. What it takes sometimes to do a really good job. Yep. Thanks, Ryan. That's Ryan. Hey, Eric, I have a Goya Range Master. The number two pickup is very quiet compared to the other three pickups. Any ideas on what the problem is and how to remedy this issue? That's, hmm. Thanks, Tom. It's Tom. Uh, well, Tom, you, you simply have a, a, a dead pickup there. Something wrong with the pickup, unless it's in the wiring. I mean, just troubleshooting it from your description is impossible. But with if if the electronics are all in working order, then you've got a dead pickup. One way to uh, test this out is if you have a, a volt-ohm meter, you can test the output of each coil and see if they're all the same. And that one that's quiet is probably going to have a different reading. That'll tell you. So it's not all or nothing. It's not just working or broken, huh? Yeah, sometimes a uh, a pickup with an internal short will be very quiet. It'll have a little bit it'll of output, still, huh? Yeah, it'll still oh. have output, but it'll be quiet. Because you're still getting like a like a capacitance, a, a, you know. A little, yeah. something's going on. So check it with an ohm meter, and if it needs to be rewound, you'd have to get it rewound. And if you don't have somebody to rewind it, you could send it to me. Or go halfsies with this other feller that wanted to get a new pickup winder for oh, his 69 Tele Bridge. The fella from earlier. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the call. Thanks, Tom. Okay, that was a good one. And thanks to everybody. We really appreciate your participation in the show, and uh, if you want to write in, we will use your question or comment, and you really should, because... Without it, we don't have a show. So, go to my website, ericdaw.com, E-R-I-C-D-A-W.com, and click the contact link. We'll use your question or comment as part of the show. The other way to do it is to call or text 757-774-8482. That's 757-774-8482. Nice. Thank you, and good night.